Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodwin, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the third article of the Apostles' Creed. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by my friends. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. What? I'm your friend? Yes. You've yes. been upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> Just call All me right. Doug. Won't you be my friend? You, yeah. you be my friend? You've, now, you've now paid your dues. You've been on enough episodes of being <laughs> worked my way up the ladder. Yeah, right. Even yeah. though you're the one who does oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You do 90% of the work on this podcast, yeah. so we we, uh, we should probably be just talking about how we're in your debt. Yeah. Oh, no. That's the fun part. I really enjoy it. And yeah, good. I almost like the days when I didn't have a mic, but... Uh, no, it's necessary. No, lo- it's good. no longer. We've so no longer are the days. We've enjoyed okay. having you on the mic. Too. No, it's been yeah. it's been actually really encouraging to me um, to hear you guys and to be a part of the conversation, mm-hmm. and it's a little overwhelming to start to see the growth of the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just kind of like, oh wow, you know. Um, there you are know. some people actually listening to us. <laughs> no, so it's, beyond our actual face to face friends. Yeah, <laughs> what a privilege, you know, and a blessing, you know, as we've been hearing. Uh, Jason brought this up a couple yeah. episodes ago, and I think maybe a little bit last episode where people are using it for confirmation. Mm-hmm. You know? That's you know, awesome. What do we, it is because, you know, as a kid, I think sometimes, you know, you read Luther's catechism, even though the content is remarkable, you know, it was written over 500 years ago. So, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and so there's, there's a bit of a disconnect because of that, but if we can talk about it in terms mm-hmm. that they can understand, and that's why I think I appreciated the last episode yep. so much is that personal nature of how the gospel brings us assurance of faith mm-hmm. and the despair flees away yeah. and allows us in the freedom and grace and mercy of Christ and his completed victory yeah. to live out our life in vocation. There it is. Yes, you know, hey. in, in a way that just honors the great triune God of creation. And, and that's one of the things we want to highlight in this too, because as Lutherans, we often get accused of minimizing experience. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're Lutherans it. talking about experience and, san- and sanctification too. But we want to, you know, it's the experience comes from the truth of the gospel. We don't want to manufacture the, the experience. We don't want to manipulate yeah. into an experience. We don't want to chase after the experience. But the reality is, is that there is nothing more relevant than the theology that's summed up in the catechisms. That's where it's at, mm-hmm. and it should produce an experience. Amen. Yeah, and right. the one thing we don't want to do, and this is maybe why Lutherans are the way they mm-hmm. are, is we don't, <laughs> want to allow, we don't want to allow our experience to dictate or to judge how much we have been sanctified yeah, in Christ. Right. Because right. then we're on that sliding scale again. You well, know? and you, you run into these problems. What happens the morning, you know, two weeks after Bible camp or whatever, when you wake up oh. and you don't feel like a Christian anymore? Right. Does that mm-hmm. mean you're not a Christian? Well, this is where we get back to the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. This is where we get back to the, you know, the objective assurance of, of what Christ is on, the objective justification. And mm-hmm. then that becomes a part of who we are by faith, by the work of the Holy Spirit on our lives, sanctifying mm-hmm. us. Right. And that's what we're talking about in this episode of the Holy Spirit's work in that sanctification. Yeah. It's uh, the Holy Spirit is the operative focus of the third article of the creed. You remember Yay. You had mm-hmm. God the Father was the creator. And so Luther in the first article focused on creation mm-hmm. and the material nature mm-hmm. to our faith. Second article focuses on justification. 
mm-hmm. uh, work of Christ on the cross in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. Now we have the work of the Holy Spirit in sanctifying us. And, mm-hmm. and you know, as we mentioned the last episode, this is so important because the church to get, today gets sanctification so backwards mm-hmm. and upside down and wrong. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder if it isn't important to also talk about the difference between positional sanctification and then what you would call cyclical cyclical sanctification. cyclical sanctification. I call it abiding. Just you know, bringing us back to John chapter fifteen. Mm-hmm. But there is a difference because that positional sanctification, as we are clothed in Christ's righteousness mm-hmm. through the ministry and power of the Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done according to the Father's will. Notice I did a Trinitarian yeah, Trini- thing there. Yeah. Trinitarian <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> but that's that's actually that's actually Ephesians chapter one. If you go through Ephesians chapter one, it's extremely Trinitarian, and I think it's really really powerful. Because I think one of the things the Western church does is compartmentalize the Trinity in not only the work of, of salvation and justification, but also in sanctification, whether it be positional sanctification or cyclical or abiding sanctification. Mm-hmm. But the work of the Holy Spirit is is really a powerful thing, and it's not that Lutherans forget that or we just overlook that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just kind of see it as kind of the whole thing, a part of the whole package. Yeah, it's, you know, for so much of the American church, the Holy Spirit is this great free agent, the mm-hmm. the the worker of spontaneity. It's, uh, you know, you, you go, and, and the joke in the AFLC is we have our annual gathering, the annual conference every June, and someone will say when something random and spontaneous happens that, oh, you could really feel the Spirit working there, <laughs> you know, because it wasn't planned or staged. You know, this is the American disdain for rote memory work or repetitious yeah. confession, yeah. you know, things like that. And that's not who the Holy Spirit is at all. That's not what he does. The Holy Spirit acts consistently within the Trinity with, uh, you know, the other persons of the Trinity because there's one God and three persons and three persons and one God. Amen. And, you know, so... Oh, Patrick. Patrick, That's not modalism. That's orthodoxy, Patrick. You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) But so Luther highlights in in the third article here the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways we can understand it, uh, and surprisingly not often quoted by Luther, is the, you know, John 15 or John 16, where the threefold work of the Holy Spirit is described, that's sanctification. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Mm -hmm. And, And we see that doing the Holy Spirit. But what Luther builds into the third article then is that I believe in the Holy Spirit. And then everything else after the Holy Spirit is how the Holy Spirit functions, Amen. how the Holy Spirit sanctifies. Mm-hmm. And this Trinitarian moment was brought to you by Lutheran satire. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Pastor Feeney. Uh, we're, we're in great debt uh, to your Lutheran satire videos. Anytime I need to smile, I, I pull up one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. It really is. So the key term, the key concept of the third article is the Holy Spirit. The focus is on sanctification, and yep. mm-hmm. and we, you know we talked a little bit last week that my hook into all of this was this quote uh, from the third article. Therefore, sanctifying is just bringing us to Christ, so we receive this good which we could not get ourselves. That's bringing us the gospel. Yeah, and even though this is important, I I, mm-hmm. I think it's important to state that we don't want to limit the work of the Holy Spirit to ju- just that. No, yeah, right, because because right. it was the full Trinity. In, in the act of what Christ has done in his incarnation. And, and yeah, so we just want to, we don't want to limit it to that, but definitely, yes, uh, the Holy Spirit is such a gift to us as the church, mm-hmm. as, as the body of Christ, but also as individuals. Uh, so Yeah, and the Holy Spirit, primarily, the way we ought to be looking at it from Scripture is that the Holy Spirit is just carrying the Word of God to our minds and to our hearts. That's mm-hmm. you know how we're 
raised to new life is the power of God's word. Sure. That's, you know, that's what Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, uh, and how, you know, this, the faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The Holy Spirit is just carrying the word of God to our hearts. There's so many ways in which that operates in our lives. And then, you know, this has been categorized for us in the Apostles' Creed. You have, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church is one, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That's mm-hmm. your Amen. sanctification yeah, laid out from good. conversion to, yeah. you know, translation. The, the whole of scope of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But even back in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 36, as I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, I will cause you. And, and it is the work of God reminding us of what Christ said, that apart from me, you can do nothing. And so just that the power of God at work within us uh, through, through the beauty and, and the completed work of justification, mm-hmm. as we do continue to return back to the cross. Yeah. And uh, just allow the Holy Spirit to to work in our lives. And I think that might be an area of confusion for people too, where they view sanctification as is everything I'm doing um, mm. in my Christian yep. life. And we want to have some charity here too. And everything about um, American evangelicalism's teaching on sanctification is there. There's some good things to pull out of it too. Absolutely. Yep. In, in the sense of we do begin to start to walk according to God's grace. Good works do flow from our life, but it's it's because we, we have the Holy Spirit working in us. Well, um, and I mean, we, to be clear, we ought to be living holy lives. Yeah, God commands us to be holy, and it should not surprise us that as we grow and mature as Christians, it becomes easier. You know, if you're you know if you've been a Christian your whole life, resi- resisting certain temptations as a sixty-five-year-old mm-hmm. should probably be easier than as a fifteen-year-old, yeah. or or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be. Uh, but it, it's our addiction to ourselves that mm-hmm. corrupts that, and so we start measuring our performance yeah. against others. And it's probably wrestling with the reality that that we do cooperate in some mysterious way yeah. with the power of the Spirit in us. And it's really hard. You know, I think Luther really kept the mystery in that. It's like, where does the Holy Spirit leave off and I pick up and vice versa? And, <laughs> and we don't go there. We, right. we don't. We just, again, rest in the completed work of Christ yeah. right. and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in us in, in a natural, organic way. And that's where the Lutheran understanding of law and gospel comes into play for the Christian life. Yep. The law says, God says, go do it. Mm-hmm. The gospel says, you're free to do it because I'm not mm-hmm. going to cut you off yeah, or condemn you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it, that sort of thing. And so, you know, you, you look at these categories, the first place is the Holy Christian Church, mm-hmm. the, the place where the, the word is received, you know, it's preached and received and in, in mm-hmm. inwardly ingested. Uh, and the, the I always pair up when I teach this, the Holy Christian Church and the mm-hmm. communion of saints, yeah. mm, uh, yep. because in the large catechism, how Luther explains the communion of saints, and this is near and dear to our hearts in AFLC, AFLC. is as the local congregation. It is, and I think that's also important, especially in Western America, we got this individualism kind of thing and this consumeristic thing Mm -hmm. where I'm going to go to my country club, quote unquote, church, I'm going to pay my dues and pay the paid professional to do my job of whatever. And it's it's so awful. <laughs> it's such an awful thing. This idea that we don't need each other, this idea that that I can do everything on my own and I'm just my own thing. You stay on your side of the fence, I'll stay on mine. But that's mm-hmm. not at all 
you know, New Testament Christianity. It is a communion of saints knit together through the completed work of Jesus Christ, becoming a body that functions together, mm-hmm. not separately. Well, and that's what the the Greek word ekklesia, yeah, where we get right. translated, that's the called out ones. Yep. That's what it means. And, and so, you foundationally, looking at the third article of Creed, which again is summarizing scripture for us, the, the first thing highlighted for the Christian life is the corporateness mm-hmm. of the Christian yeah. life, the, mm-hmm. the, the Christian life lived in community. Mm-hmm. That's huge because, like you said, the individualism of American Christianity contaminates us to people don't join churches or they mm-hmm. church hop or, or whatever the case might be. Is no, you have a body of believers that you uh, belong to, that mm-hmm. you function with, yep. that you serve the Lord together with, and you know that's the that's how the, the church Holy universal works. Yeah. He, he works through the congregation, um, both through the preaching of the word, teaching of the word, and also in the relationships yep. and the. Um, interactions that we have with each other. That's yeah. Hebrews ten yeah. twenty five. Let us not forsake the meeting together, yeah. as some of you have done. But it's for mutual encouraging edification, one another. Yeah, yes. encouragement. Uh, so that's the the nature of the church. And you know, Luther here, and you know, we're gonna do once we finish some of the material, kind of give an explanation for who we are in the AFLC. But the the fundamental principle of who we are in the AFLC is that the congregation mm-hmm. is the right form of the kingdom of God on earth. Is yep. when the kingdom Spirit. is realized. It's the local congregation that shows up. Yep. And, and so it's the, the local congrega- congregation is the real tangible form of the church universal. I know. Of the I, abstract there. When people come in and visit the church that I'm serving and, and they use that term church shopping, which you know people use that all the time, yeah. I try to encourage them. I'm like, why don't you look at it this way? I think God is probably calling you to a congregation. I think it'd be really wise for you to pray about which congregation is God calling us to? Because I do believe that there's there's a major shift in your attitude then, then it's not all about me and what that church can give me or or what kind of amenities <laughs> that church has. Where am I being called? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and part of that, as you're evaluating that, is what the church does. And it makes for a great segue here because you have, I believe, the Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Christian Church, communion of saints, those go in tandem. The next element describes what the mm-hmm. church does. It's yeah. the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Wow. And, and, good, and good. it's if you go to a church and you leave that church not knowing that your sins are forgiven, that church has done you a great service. The pastor there has done you a great disservice. Dis- disservice. Yeah, thank right. you. Yeah. Uh, that's the cold talking. <laughs> um, but, yeah. and you know, I've had people as pastor say, well, I'm not hearing the gospel at my church. What should I do? What you should do is talk to your pastor about mm-hmm. it. You go, I need to be hearing the gospel from you. If he resists, if he refuses, then leave. Because his responsibility is to forgive your sins. And people mm-hmm. ask me a lot of times, like, when will I, you know, when, when is the right time to leave? And, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I said, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And I always, if they're married, I really think that unity within the marriage yep. is a good thing in a family decision. But I always kind of say, well, we're sheep and yeah, sheep are stupid, but sheep, you know, go where the ga- grass is green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so go where you're going to be, but, you know, mm-hmm. given the gospel, yeah. hearing the declaration of the forgiveness of sins through the completed work of Christ and that you are leaving encouraged, free, but also encouraged in your vocation. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things I look at, if it comes to a point where you need to leave a church, like you're not moving, your vocations haven't changed, whatever the case might be, almost the only situation where I advise it is if it's obvious you need to flee. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if you are 
being malnourished. Well, that you're is, being it's abused. Devel- you're developing a negative attitude yeah. that's causing dissension and possibly division well, yeah. within the congregation. It's time to probably right. go. Well, it, I think it highlights, though, you know, there's this phrase that I use occasionally. It's hospitals would be great places if it weren't for all the sick people, mm-hmm. and churches would be great places if it weren't for all the sinners. And acknowledging our sinfulness in that process, part of the repentance of the daily life of a Christian. But we as pastors and we as congregations need to be doing a better job that the reason you are in church on Sunday morning above anything else is to be forgiven. Yeah. That's why you're and you there. Know, and the sad thing is many churches don't have that. Or nope. they're, they're not hearing the gospel. Um, it, gospel for believers too. And I, I think it was, you know, with the death of Billy Graham recently, mm. um, I, I was listening to some Christian radio, and which isn't always advised. But yeah. um, anyhow, the they were playing little clips of Billy Graham preaching, and the clips they were playing were pretty good of gospel, Jesus died for your sin, you know, that sort of thing. And and the radio host said some comment like, it's been a while since I've heard the gospel. Yeah, And I just, my jaw dropped because... I, I get. I understand. They're probably not in the churches that that this person, this believer in Christ, is is in. He's probably not hearing the actual gospel. I think there's yeah. a concept that everybody thinks like once evangelism done, well, yeah. then we're done with that. We don't. Right. We got to move well, on. That's what we, yeah. What we and love. I think they misconstrue. Yeah. Well, they kind of misconstrue yeah. what the writer of Hebrews says, like move mm-hmm. on from milk and go to, oh. mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's an awful <laughs> um, misinterpretation yeah. of that scripture. So we just studied through that in our Bible study at church. One of the important things going on in Hebrews 5 and Hebrews 6 when it talks about leaving the basic theology is that the the actual translation, and I wish I knew why this happens, be carried by it. And so the way that basic theology like baptism and stuff does is that you're carried by it and it functions in the same way as the ABCs. Is that you never stop using the ABCs. You never stop using the ABCs. You use them in more in mature in different ways. And so like my four-year-old at home is learning the ABCs. Uh, I still use the ABCs, but I use it to communicate different things and in different ways. I don't need to sing the alphabet anymore. I know the alphabet. I can construct words on the fly. You know, that's how, that's what theology does. So uh, that's not to say we stop saying that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, mm-hmm. but what we start start doing is we take that and we apply it to the rest of scripture and to our lives. It, yeah, it, it allows that foundation to lead us to where God wants us to go. And that foundation never changes. It never mm-hmm. moves, thank God. And it just always determines our identity you know, in Christ and our growth in Christ Jesus. Again, not out of this moralistic, I have to do this. It's out of an act of worship. Mm-hmm. And it's purely in the freedom of Christ as an act of worship. And the, the pronouncing that you are redeemed to do this. This yeah. is your work now as a, one who's been redeemed is to go love your neighbor. But what this looks like, if, if we didn't leave these basic principles behind, the church service would be, you're a sinner, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Yeah, recently, That's all we'd have to do. Mm-hmm. Recently, I had a week off, and it's so interesting. I, I, I preach that I, as best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always try to make sure that I'm preaching the complete work of Christ and the freedom of the cross. And I went and visited a church where that was totally being done. Mm-hmm. And in, the, in the, the liturgy of the service, it was this declaration of grace and this pronouncement of the forgiveness of sins. Man, it just still brought tears to my eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk about it every week. We talk about it on these episodes. Mm -hmm. And it just strikes me how people 
almost become complacent or numb to hearing that where I don't, mm-hmm. I can't imagine not wanting to hear it or not thinking that that's too simple, you know, to, yeah. to be, to be assured of my salvation in Christ Jesus. Well, and, and it's our job as pastors to do, present the gospel, to present law and gospel artfully and creatively. And, mm-hmm. you know, so a, a mature presentation of the gospel is like explaining that David and Goliath isn't about conquering our giants, but explaining that David and Goliath teaches us how the victory of the one is imputed to the victory of the entire nation. That's what it looks like, and that's what we're doing. And and so you you carry that understanding forward. Now we look at the church's job to forgive sins, and what we see is that the entire worship service, this is happening. The the for me at my church, the worship service, the order of liturgy and the divine service is the most freeing thing I can possibly experience as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Because if for some reason I preach a clunker of a sermon, and that happens more often than I care to admit, <laughs> if I preach a clunker of a sermon, that the forgiveness of sins has been proclaimed several times yeah. apart from my sermon. Right. And, you know, we in the AFLC have a much simpler uh, order of service than our cousins in the LCMS or more uh, formal high church Lutheran mm-hmm. denominations do. But but you look at it, the gospel is preached. Mm-hmm. The gospel is read in yep. the scripture yep. readings. Mm-hmm. The gospel is sung in the hymns and in the music, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, in the elements of the liturgy, you have the confession of sins and the declaration of grace or yep. the absolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, you have the sacrament, you have communion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all happening all the time. So that if you're paying attention, if you're coming with a repentant heart, it, you've been forgiven several times. Yeah. And, and the thing you take away from the service is that I'm forgiven. I'm yeah, a forgiven right. child of God. And that's exactly what you mm-hmm. need to hear on Sundays. And you walk out hopefully singing Romans 8.1, yeah. that there is therefore now no oh. condemnation yeah, for those that's who are right. in Christ Jesus. And you might as well jump right to the end of the chapter for what can separate me yeah. from the love of God in Christ well, Jesus. And yeah. it explains the ironic benediction at the end of the service. The Lord mm-hmm. bless you and keep you. The Lord yep. make face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord yep. lift up his countenance upon you mm-hmm. and give you Peace. Peace. That's yeah. the final gospel exclamation to our uh, exclamation point to the entire service. So you have the forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. in the Christian church. And then really the last kind of you know highlight of the article is the resurrection of the sure. body yeah, the tandem and the life tandem. everlasting. That's your your mm-hmm. second Amen. tandem in this, your second pair. And that's a properly focused Christian life. One that's being sanctified is your focus is on the end. Your focus is on eternity. Having an eternal your perspective. is on yep. the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens here and now is for your neighbor. Because what you've been given is an eternity that cannot be taken away. I'm convinced that neither height nor depth or anything that is in creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Your guarantee is sealed in what Christ has done. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the ministry right. of the Holy Spirit. From cradle to grave, in, in a sense. cradle to grave. In, in the scope of the Christian life. You know, and, and we, we have this tiny little fight with the Calvinists about eternal security. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we ought to be careful is that from God's perspective, there is eternal security. The gospel doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The application of the gospel doesn't change. The reason we believe that you can fall away from it is unrepentance, mm-hmm. is is that you would stop repenting and, and that you would take yourself away from that Sin grace. Sin and hardness of heart. Mm-hmm. Because God operates and applies his gospel through means yep. and not in mm-hmm. his sovereignty. Yeah. So that's the difference there. But the the Christian life should be one of hope 
and rejoicing in eternity. Why can I suffer for my neighbor? Because eternity. Yeah. Because this world is not my home. Why can I suspend my rights now? Because eternity. Because of the resurrection of the body. Why Amen. can I suffer through disease? Because I have an eternity in Christ that is free from disease. I can't, can't wait to get rid of this stuffy nose and this sore throat <laughs> kind of stuff. And that's you know not to make light of people who have real terminal, yeah. terrible diseases. But, but this is the message of the gospel. The reality of our sanctification is that our eyes are turned toward eternity. Yes. Fixed on Amen. the cross and the eternity that Jesus won for us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yes. Look full in his glory and grace. That's good. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Glory and grace. Yeah. You have a verse to close? Yes. Yes. Uh, That was a verse, wasn't it? It wasn't a Bible verse. It was a verse of a hymn. I'm telling you. Uh, Titus 3, I think, is really appropriate. Uh, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Join us next week as we continue our discussion on the third article of the Apostles' Creed. God bless you and have a great week.